By pressing play, you've been transported to a dimension where there will be no apologies given for the ridiculous and random comments made by your host and their guests. Thank you for listening and enjoy the experience. Mm-mm-mm. You know what today is. It's another day that we're alive, guys. Ooh, wow, wow. Mm. Yes, so for all those captioneers, captionees out there, the captors, the yo's for show. Yes, and it's episode number 17 of Yo, yo Where the, the Captions at? at? Yo. Yo. Yo, yo. Yo. Yo, yo. Where them captions at? Where they at? Where they at? Yo, yo. 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 You know. That's why you came here for. Yes, guys. It's another episode of the most ridiculously random pop culture podcast in the 719. And, of course, I'm your host, Kells for Show, a.k.a. Marcellus Was Right. With me, as always, is my bro host. You know who it is. The one that fears the red door. Your boy, Roscoe. Yep. Joining us always is the man that makes sure these shits come up weekly. The one that edited us so nicely. The boy, none other than Daniel with a D. Rojas. I may not be a vampire, but I have a diary. Oh, oh you do. do. <laughs> I like what you did there. It's all snazzy and shit. And joining us today is our good friend, future guest host on the podcast, none other than... Rice Cakes, y'all. What's up? Hey! hey. Ain't nothing but to do it. <laughs> Anyways, thank you, Leslie, for being on another episode of this bullshit that we do. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Word, because friends help friends. Always. Always. Hell yeah. How's your Monday been? Actually, fantastic. I took today off uh, on a whim, so I can't say mm. that I did a whole mm. lot of productivity today. Word. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Sometimes the best thing in every life. Now and then. Yeah, sometimes the best thing in life is not doing anything at all. That's right. Word. What about you, Ross? Uh, my Monday was cool. I mean, got a little 76 in, but you know, waiting for Saturday, debating on what I'm going to do with this D&D group that Daniel Rojas is GMing on. Word, word. And for myself, just work. Got off, bought beer, and now we're here. And now we're about to get into the first topic of the series. If you're a first-time listener, it's called Yo, What's Poppin'? And we're going to talk about pop, some headlines that have been going on in the world of pop culture over the last week since we last spoke to you guys. And I'm just going to start this shit off with... <laughs> <laughs> really, man? Hey, hey, Brad. <laughs> what's up, Beavis? <laughs> we're getting a whole burrito. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Beavis and Butthead. Thanks to Comedy Central, we're getting a whole new continuation reboot of this universe that, like me and a lot of other my other contemporaries, grew up with on MTV. That cartoon was the shit. I loved it growing up. They tried to bring it back a, um, a couple years ago, which really didn't hit to me. But this should be a whole new, different route that they're going to take, and it's a whole new um, universe, but it's still brought to us by the original creators of the TV series, Mike Judge, who also gave us King of the Hill as well. And also on that note, Clone High is being rebooted too, and if Clone you know High me... Clone being rebooted? Yes, if oh, you know me shit. and my other compadres, that was one of our favorite shows from MTV back during um, high, our high school era, and it was low-key a cult classic. So if you mention Clone High to certain people and they fucks with it, I fucks with them. Just let that shit be known. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and this thing, too, because uh, speaking about that Beavis and Butthead series is supposed to be the start of a whole, like, Beavis and Butthead, Daria, connected universe when they're going to start giving us spinoff movies and specials. Because Joni from Daria, which was, like, the only black female character on the show. She's getting her own spinoff special, being voiced by Tracy Ellis Ross. And if you're not familiar with her, she's the mom from Blackish. She is actually Diana Ross's um, daughter. So she's going to be voicing Joni on that, and I really do look forward to that. Any thoughts? In Leslie, did you fuck with Daria, Beavis and Butthead growing up? What? God, Beavis and Butthead, I have to say, my, my mom actually banned my brother and I from watching that at some point because mm. we'd go out in public and straight up just laugh like them. 
And yeah, we were, we were grounded from Beavis and Butthead after that. Weeders. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys think this might be a false start in the same way we had that Rocco's Modern Life special and Invader Zim special that was supposed to Um, the Invader Zim special was actually dope. I'm going to be 100 no, But he not, he's not saying that. But they tried to restart all the shows. Do you think this might be well, a false start? I don't think, but the thing with the Nickelodeon partnership with Netflix is they haven't really fully perfected that shit. So, like, we still got to give it time. But I don't think it's going to be a false start just because the Joni series has already been in development. And Mike Judd has signed on for a two-year deal. So, this shit is happening regardless. Even if his butt, <laughs> it still could be headed in a great direction. Wabami. <laughs> and speaking of things... Related to cartoons, we're going to get a new TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, completely animated movie via Seth Rogen and his production company, which is also interesting because they're already developing more live action movies as well. So this animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie will be set in its own universe, whereas the new live action ones will be in its own thing. And if you're a turtle fan like me, we all know that the multiverse with the turtles is all connected. That's why if you watch various cartoons, different iterations of the turtles cross over with each other all the time. And I look forward to that shit. Yo, I'm looking forward to that too. Hell yeah. What about you, Leslie? Yeah, I, I can't say that I was too into the Ninja Turtles until they tried to redo them with, what's her name? That Megan, Megan Fox? Fox? Yeah. I, I remember watching those recently, but I can't recall too much from back in the oh, day. Oh, that's fine. Like, I'm, I'm such a diehard fan. My first word was cowabunga. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And something you might like, Jason Momoa has a new movie role, but it might be a disappointment to some of the ladies because I don't think you're going to see him much with his shirt off because oh, come on. he's voicing <laughs> none other than the iconic character, Frosty the Snowman, guys. Oh, he's playing Frosty? Yes. I don't know what the movie's about. I don't know what capacity he's going to be in it, but could, Jason Momoa is vo- voicing Could it be the Frosty horror the movie or is it going to be a PG? It's not Jack Frost. It's not Jack Frost. Frosty. I'm like, is it a yeah. Samoan Frosty? Is that what know. we're about to get? That's the thing. Like, Frosty the Samoan Man? Mm. Mm. Would it be like a swole up snowman too? Like this is a frosty would you ain't be, trying to fuck with. I think so. Would it be like, they will have a point where the snowman has like they pack on snow, some kind of like, additional no, mass. They don't pack on snow. They use logs for his arms, <laughs> or something like oh my daddy died, or something happened to my daddy. I wish he was here, and she makes the snowman to look like Jason Momoa. And like then the Michael Keaton Jack Frost? Yeah, and then now he's oh, like, no, Momoa man. Like, he's like, <laughs> like, I didn't click the headline. I was like, oh, Jason Momoa's going to be voicing Frosty Snowman. I, I just want to see what that ends up being. It how could how be, they come through with that. <laughs> if, is it through Disney? I have, Like I said, I have no idea. Because it if could it's be, through Disney, if it's they doing that old school Jack Frost, then low-key it could be a comedy movie. With Jason I think Rankin Bass, who had the original Frosty, yes. did sign off the rights to Fox. Mm. But then, oh, Disney owned owned by Fox. Yes. And it could be one of them things, too. Like, he might just be some jacked-up snowman. Like, we know our traditional snowman in our brains and how we view them or what we're most used to. But then somebody could come out of left field with something completely different. Like, you know what? Why not? I can see one of them. I can see it be a frat boy version of a snowman, and then it becomes actually real life. Hell yeah, and going back to Comedy Central real quick, one of my favorite radio personalities, podcasters, just individuals, Charlamagne the God has just signed a deal to get a new show on Comedy Central too, so I'll definitely be watching that. He's definitely one of the, my inspirations and one of the reasons I got more into the actual podcasting lane, so I definitely look forward to that. Um, talk about a couple little trailers real quick. Halloween Kills. Oh trailer gosh. came out definitely a teaser of a teaser it's coming out october 15th of 2021 and it low-key answers the question to something i didn't want to know from the last halloween movie because there's no way in hell like i know it's a movie but if you're trying to make it realistic uh realistically there's no way that an old ass 65 to 70 year old man could survive all he went through in that movie and survive so they basically set up the premise of him being burnt in the house because they trapped him in the basement and the house is burning down and as they're pulling up to or they're leaving the scene the ambulance and the fire trunks are coming so now they're like don't go there don't don't you're gonna save him wait but he should be 
dead anyway. He's an old man in a mask that's being in the burnt s- alive. But he's a psycho. And the sad part is... Psychos don't beat science. And the sad... Well, shouldn't be. I'm sorry. <laughs> and oh. the sad part is, yes, psychos shouldn't be science, but it's Michael Myers. Somehow, he the fire burned him enough, but yet, the smoke didn't kill him. The fireman's got there in quick enough time. And while in the ambulance, he regains conscious. Everybody dead. And he out here about to re-kill him again. I know I don't want to see it, but I want to see it. At the same time, he missing like half his hand. He got shot in the abdomen somewhere. And he still finds the shrimp to survive this to kill a multitude of people. Not even a multitude. Just three just three bitches. No, I'm talking about in the next movie. He's not going to oh, kill he, all three. I know he ain't going to kill all That's three. He's going to kill a bunch of others. That's yeah. But his whole goal is just to kill. Yeah, like saying like even with the fireman getting there, he should have died from uh, what is it? Smoke ventilation. Uh, that just third degree burns at least. He cooked. The overheated. The plastic. <laughs> the, the mask should have been melted onto his face. Like, there's too many things that should be happening, but I know they're not going. They're going to say they saved him just in time. He's unconscious. They think he's dead. He's going to wake up, kill everybody in the ambulance, and then go back on to this new killing spree. Yeah. So. That's coming. I didn't watch the last one in the movie theaters because I didn't want to spend my money on it. I'll wait for it to come on Redbox. Just like the second one, I'm going to wait for it to come on Redbox because just Michael, Moore, Michael Myers in just certain situations shouldn't survive. And like I said, once again, I know these are movies, but just just looking at it realistically, I'm just like, no, not at all. But some things I am looking forward to seeing that are actually coming out this year. There's been two trailers that have dropped. One's for uh, Netflix upcoming series, The Umbrella Academy, that's dropping July 31st. We get an official second trailer to that, and it looks fantastic. And then we also get our second trailer for The Boys, that's dropping September 4th, my B-Day week. That shit's going to be nutty. If you guys have not seen those trailers, go on to your YouTubes or wherever places you watch trailers at and watch those. I'm not going to get into them. They're good. And you already know they're good, especially if you watch those other two series. And we both, we're definitely going to have to do episodes of Yo, Where the Catch is at for those sometimes in the near future. And from the opposite side of things that are coming back to us, I have to talk about a couple of series that are coming to the end with their next seasons. So one show that me and Ross fuck with on TNT, a little ratchet-ass, fabulous-ass show called Claws. Don't you dare. For yes. real, for real? The fourth season of Claws will be its final season. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay I, with it, but it sounds it's sucky, though. My yeah. heart hurt. It's like one of those things, like, I'm always okay when a series knows it's coming to an end. Where it can wrap up all these loose um, plot threads. And it can give you some type of satisfaction via them just ending without them knowing that that was going to be in. So now that they know that it's going to be in, I look forward to this series. There's a lot of things that need to be addressed. Hopefully they will. And it's a fun show. If you haven't watched Claws on um, TNT, it's on Hulu. You should check it out. It's fun. It's fabulous. It's ratchet. It's Florida. It's drugs. It's loud. It's nails. It's bootylicious in all the good ways. And if you like Niecy Nash from Reno 911, you love her character in this nails. Yes, and the Pretty other claws, series that's going to be casting a dark cloud over certain people. Mm. When they come back and give us the new latest episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch on Netflix, well, that's it, guys. There's no more. These next episodes are done. It is officially canceled. So... If you haven't binged it, I would suggest just wait until the new episodes come out, binge it all, and then go back and listen to our episode of Yo, Where the Caption That when we geeked out all about that. We probably will do another episode once it all wraps up, just telling our overall thoughts and emotions about this series in its totality. Yes, yes, yes. I did not expect that to happen. But Word. COVID's a bitch. But I'm yeah, not, yeah. I don't know if it has anything to do with COVID. I don't think it probably didn't have It's a bitch for COVID, everything. But yeah. That was a nice little dark twist on the on the storyline, though. Mm-hmm. I have to admit. It was very appealing. Because, like, I see some people on Black Twitter, too, talking about how they need the Ambrose and Prudent spinoff series. 
about their adventures of them trying to like find her father and doing all that shit, get her brothers and sisters or the babies back, that would be dope as well. That would be. And um, one other thing too, um, Batwoman, since um, Ruby Rose has departed from this um, show, will be be played by a new black woman yeah. named Javicia Leslie. Hey. Hey-o. And she will not be playing Kate Kane. She will be a whole new character created specifically for that TV series. It will not be a, a race swap. It will just be something brand new. And it's another way to create brand new characters. So I could foresee this. If it goes well, we might get her redemption of Batwoman somewhere translating to the comic book vice versa and not uh, Elseworld type scenario or down the line in the current run of DC books. Yeah, I can see that happening. Loki, I think it might happen because, I mean, they replaced her with what technically people wanted, which was a better actress. So as long as they give us a good story, I think they'll, I think the fans are going to love her and then they're going to create her as a real character standalone in the comics. Yes, and Loki, I'm not perturbed by the whole ordeal because I was never a big fan of Ruby Rose being cast in the first place and Batwoman was my least favorite of the Arrowverse shows but I still have to catch up on this first season and for all I know it could took a better turn but like I said with her departure it opens up now for a new new possibilities of story arts and storylines especially which is also weird they're introducing Bruce Wayne too so now he's not even going to be interacting with his cousin. Will we get Bruce Wayne training the new, new black Batwoman on how to be a bat person? Low key, I like mean, the reverse Obama ooh. shit. And low key, I mean, this could be the first setup of you know, like how they do Batman Academy or whatever that. Does. Well, it's the bat. It's not been a bat academy. It's been like the bat family. The bat family. Yeah. But, so, so it could be the start of that. Actually. Oh shit! Now I'm trying. Now I'm thinking. Is she going to be related to a fox? Because you already have the black Lucius Fox dynamic in the TV series and Ooh, the Lord of Comics. Will she be somehow related to them? Instead of having Batwing, we have a Batwoman. Then maybe old buddy on the show could be the new Batwing. But anyway, we're anyway, not here to talk about our theories. We still got a couple more things to pop off about. Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to let Ross get into that wrestling shit real quick before um, we talk about music. Yes, over the weekend... Just to let people know, because a lot of people don't know, we actually had our first ever live event for wrestling in Japan that allowed actually audience members in. It was the finales of New Japan Cup and on Friday night, technically in Japan, Saturday night for us, uh, as well as Dominion. What happened in New Japan uh, Cup was Evil from LIJ won the tournament who has the chance of fighting the leader of LIJ, Tatsuro Naito, who's currently the LWJP heavyweight and intercontinental champion. Evil has turned from LIJ and joined Bullet Club. And not only joining Bullet Club on New Japan's Cup uh, Saturday night, Sunday night, he won both the LIJW IWGPJ Championship and Heavyweight Inter- Heavyweight Championship and Intercontinental Ship belts from Naito. So he's now the second person to hold both major titles after Naito won them in January at Wrestle Kingdom. And now being a prominent leader or head member of Bullet Club. Which is something great, but yet also what's even more great is the fact that wrestling has now had live events for the first time. Yes, it's in Japan, but American media isn't really promoting it like that. And everything went out with a hitch, and I'm going to be honest, probably the best six hours of wrestling, even though, you know, not as great as it's enthusiastic in New Japan wrestling as I usually watch, but just watching it still now. It's great, as well as Def Tech, if I remember that's the name right, but Shoto and Zack Sabre Jr. won the the heavyweight tag team championship belts at New at uh, Dominion on uh, last night as well. Word. So, um, Leslie, any new music you've been listening to? Um, okay, I'm gonna totally go nerd and geek out here, but Selena Gomez, I have her album, totally bought it. 
on oh, iTunes. Rare, oh. correct. <laughs> So you never stop listening to it? Uh, hell no. I'm going to always be her fan. That, she's <laughs> I'll be honest, that album is one of her best albums. Yeah, because she's actually on a new track that's featured on YWDCA7, our podcast that uh, focuses on all the music that we're listening to from July. So if you haven't heard that song yet, you should definitely check that out. She's featured on it. Okay. Yes, and I it think is, you'll like it because you fucking yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a vibe for real. And also, um, Kid Cudi and Eminem dropped the track this last week called the, "What Ross." The Adventures of Moonman and Slim Shady. Ooh, I kind of like that. Yes, yeah. if you have not heard that song, that song just made me realize why Kid Cudi and Eminem are two of my favorite artists of all time. Could you hear the combo? Because I thought I might know what it, be, what it sound like. But until I heard it, I was like, oh, wow. They went on a whole different level. And I, that shit rocked. I'm going to be honest. As a Cutter fan, yes, that's what it is. Us Cutters people that, that listen to Kid Cudi do call ourselves. Not the kids? No, we're Cutters. I don't know. Cutters sounds Cutters. Are the Cutleys? No, it's, it's Cutters. <laughs> it, um, This is probably the best flow that Kid Cudi's ever did. I know he was lyrical, but I've never seen him this lyrical before. But us cutters, I can honestly say this is the best, not even the best, this is the most lyrical greatness flow that Kid Cudi's ever did. And I never thought in my head, like, Kid Cudi could hold a lyrical flow with Eminem. But he actually did. And I'm just even more surprised because I know either they're doing... Three more tracks or at least six more tracks, which will give us an EP together. And I'm so much more excited for this. Bird, that's what's up. And just to close off um, this music talk, um, R.P. The Juice World. R.P. His album came out and it's, um, it's fantastic. It's great. It's, if you're a Juice World fan, I highly recommend it. Legends never die. Exactly. Fitting. And also always sad because the week prior to that pop smoke album came out as well and pop smoke talked about things that he talked about when he was alive but also some of those things he talked about led to his demise the same with juice world he spoke a lot about depression and drug use and and his paranoia which also led to him overdosing among things and it's always eerily weird to hear people talk about the ways they're going to leave this world and those come to fruition and we're left here with their music and their talent. That's why certain things... I don't try to joke about as much. Like, I try to make it hee-hee-ha-ha because you never know when that's going to be the last hee-hee-ha-ha you got. And now, these people really have to play Bon Jovi at your funeral and line your coffin with comic books. So, so R.I.P. the uh, Pot Smoke. R.I.P. the Juice World. We had to get those R.I.P.s out. Leslie, you're a Gleek, just like me and Ross, and we just officially got the tragic news about Naya Rivera. And of course, we're gonna give our condolences to her, her family, and our RIP to her. May all you guys rest in peace. And once again, guys, if you're here on Earth, try to make it the best that you can. And if you're thinking about not being here, talk to someone, please, because we would rather you try. And try to be here than to leave without us knowing what we could have did to help. And yes, guys, with those um, RIPs out of the way, um, we're going to start geeking out. Geeking, geeking, geeking I'm ready out. for the geek parts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> After that note. <laughs> and this is the segment called Yo, We Geeking Out, where we geek out geek, about geek, a subject, out. whether a movie, TV show, comic book character, etc., etc., that we all have a com- common love for with our guests. And today, that thing will be the originals brought to us by CW. Whoop. And if, you didn't, if you're not already familiar with the originals, it's the spinoff of the Vampire Diaries TV series. And what's made this shit is dope. It has nothing to do with the books. It's its own intellectual property. So, Leslie, when you hear the originals, what's your first thought? Uh, family, bonds, uh, vampires, obvi. Um, mm. And I'd have to say just craziness because in this, in this world where there are no rules, they, the writers of this story just keep coming up with something that you didn't think could happen. So it's an ongoing story forever. It's one of my favorites. 
Exactly. That's one of the things, too, that um, drew me in was the fact, like, you gave the spinoff from Vampire Diaries about the biggest bad they had at the time. Because Klaus Michelson was portrayed to us as the original vampire, the very first boogeyman in this world. But then we find out via Vampire Diaries is that he has a family of original vampires, quote unquote, because you can't see me doing the finger quotes. And I, at first I was like, I don't think I'm like this show too much because I didn't like Klaus. I don't really fuck with bad guys just because of my nature. Like, we're not supposed to like bad guys growing up, so why should I like the bad guy? But they did something in this series that I love and respect so much is that it made me care about a character that I hated in ways I didn't think was possible. And that all was done by good storytelling, writing, and acting. What were your initial thoughts about Originals, Ross? As one good old Elijah would say, Yes. Family is power, Nick Klaus. Love, loyalty, that's power. This is what we swore to one another years before life tore what little humanity you had left. And that's how you view the, the show? The greatest quote that foreshadowed the whole show. I'm sorry. It was. Because low-key... They come back to New Orleans, they homeland, find out that Klaus's son, adopted son, as a vampire, is running the vampire schemes. And who is that person, Ross? You know, the greatest black man in television history in this current era, Marcellus. Marcellus. A slave boy that was taken upon a white man as his child. Yes, because in this TV series, um, Klaus found Marcellus as a slave. And he took Marcellus away from his captors because he saw in Marcellus what he saw in himself, which was a warrior. And a, a kid that needed a male father-type influence on his life. Because with Klaus, his father Michael beat the shit out of him. He was Klaus's boogeyman. What scares a monster, a boogeyman. And that's because Klaus was a bastard. Like, Klaus was fathered by a werewolf, and his mother tried to keep that knowledge from Michael. So Michael vowed to treat this nigga Klaus like a piece of shit, and he tormented the whole family for centuries. And with that daddy issue, Klaus saw what he could do for Marcellus. He saw he could be different than his father and tried to raise Marcellus as his own, which goes into further family drama because Marcellus was not a vampire. The vampires were immortal. And then Marcellus grew up, became a man with the war and came back and became smitten with Klaus's sister, Rebecca. Would you like to talk about Rebecca a little bit, Leslie? Oh, Rebecca was a badass bitch. So... She, she was a bitch for sure. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, she was a badass bitch. But <laughs> she was also a badass bitch. Like, yes. she was just as vicious and savage as the rest of them, but she still maintained that femininity as. Wasn't she the only sister? No. Originally, that's originally, what we originally, thought, that's what we thought came she out. did until yes. we found out about that's true. Freya. That's until true. we found out about the true, the true curse. But until Freya came into the picture, she was the only sister out of this whole group of siblings, so she had to. Kind of represent, I mean, I'm not a feminist in any sort, but she had to represent the women, but she was also just as badass as the rest of the brothers. So I think she definitely made her place. Exactly. What's even more great is the fact that his older brother and younger sister loved him so much that they defied their father's abuse against Nick Klaus to the fact that their father even resented them for it. And that's one of the great things about their little whole bond because they always said family first over everything. Always and forever. Always and forever. It's the Michaelson's model. It's the model, yeah. It's the model. The family Chris, if you will. It's the model or the family way. As in will be with Naruto, their their ninja way. Exactly, and that's one thing that always come up with Immortals is the always and forever part, but nothing lasts forever. No matter if you're an immortal being or not. And one of those things that we I wish would have last longer than it did was the relationship between Elijah and Haley. Ooh, because that shit God. was so 
dramatic, so complicated without going to full spoilers because I do want y'all to watch this shit. But at the end of the day, Haley was in love with Elijah, but Haley kind of got knocked up by Klaus. So there's a whole weird dynamic between them. But the drama and tension between Haley and Elijah was so intense. And she never wanted to be with Klaus in the first place. That was just some drunken shit she got into. one night stand. Exactly. And then with Haley being a werewolf, and if you didn't know this, Klaus is also a hybrid because he's a wolf and a vampire. There was a dynamic, dynamic between that whole situation as well. And that's also brought in Jackson, Haley's betrothed uh, werewolf husband, came into the mix. And Leslie, how did you feel about that whole love triangle square situation? Love triangle square. <laughs> um, you know, it was it was kind of came is is the term left field? I, I wasn't ex- yeah, anticipating that because weren't they like destined to be married when they were kids? They were destined to be married because when they, they were, were from specific yes. werewolf clans. Yes, they were destined to be married, but due to the fact that her parents uh, got killed and they made her an uh, orphan and she got adopted. She never knew about that history. Yeah, yeah they took her out of the New Orleans and yeah. took her away from and the then packs. When she finally met her grandma. I wanted to say or. The grandmother of the wolf pack, she found out all about that knowledge. Yes. On her, like, her travels, her off-screen adventures, learning about herself and get trying to distance herself from the whole Michael Sands and Misty Falls craziness. Which was even more wild because she was just only a side character in Mystic Falls, only to become, like, a real plot point character Main in character. Originals. She was literally carrying the whole show inside of her for the first. Yeah, legit. Three, se- three, three seasons. First season. First season she did. The second season they had the baby at the end of the first season, and that's when they lost their memories. Was in season two. Yeah. So that whole thing was crazy. So were you like Team Elijah or were you Team Jackson? Oh, totally Team Elijah because he is probably my favorite. Originals. Yes. <laughs> out, of the original, <laughs> out of the original originals, Elijah is definitely my favorite. I picked up a couple fashion cues from Elijah because he's a real, he's a he well dressed man. Say. No, oh, he's yeah. a well very composed man. He's composed. I mean, when he walks favorite. in the room, he knows he's in control of the room. He doesn't like emotions take over because he knows from his um, red door days. <laughs> That he could be just as wild as his brother. He could be Ripper like if he doesn't check himself. But now he's grown. He's matured. He's trying to be his brother's keeper the same way Damon was trying to be that nigga um, Stephens in Vampire Diaries. And one of the great things too that I will Mm -hmm. say is Elijah was such a great influence with Marcellus that realized one thing I didn't notice was Marcellus was dressed like a hoodlum. All like season one through two, but when he realized, remembered that that, that uh, Elijah was out here being a semi-father figure, which was one of the causes of Klaus's hating and being even more disrespectful to Marcellus. Well, that went towards Marcellus and Elijah as well. He started, but Marcellus started dressing even way more sharper since then. No, I don't it, think I noticed that until you yeah. said that out loud. Actually, <laughs> well, that's because, he started looking real nice. After well, that's a because while. it's not it's not that because he rose up in the ranks in, and he wanted the respect, respect. of the even, original family once yeah. they were back in town. Yeah. Because because even though he was running the, all of New Orleans, like he just was like, oh, I'm running it how I want to. But then you know, slowly, like the family comes back. He knows he's a part of family. Then he remembers like, oh, Elijah also taught me all this great respect and whatnot. Then the sixes came. And he was like, oh, I might as well just dress like this because the sixes was created by Elijah. Because this thing, too, is like about the whole Marcellus, Elijah, Klaus dynamic. While Klaus was raising basically Eli- um, Marcellus to be his own, Elijah comes back into the midst and starts grooming Marcel is taking him under his wing too and showing him like more etiquette, how to be a man, be more respectful towards women, culturing him, making him a more worldly individual. And Klaus took that as a slight, like, oh, you're my big brother, so you're going to tell me I can raise my kid? You're going to teach him how to play chess? Like, nah, this is basically my son. Fuck out of here. So they put another wedge between Elijah and Klaus. And Elijah made a promise to Klaus, like, all right, fine, like, 
I I would leave I leave Marcellus alone. This is what you want to do. This is what you're gonna do. There's a lot of that sibling rivalry that goes on between all of them, not just Nick Klaus and um, Elijah. You also have that with uh, Finn, who hates the rest of them. Then you have Cole that gets mad at them because they always felt like they get left out of the overall original lore, which they do for the most part. But within this, they also have their redemption or you see what leads them to their own self-destruction. There's also so many characters in the show. Like, we could keep talking about these cats for hours. But to touch upon another character, there's a lot of strong women in this show. Like, we spoke about Rebecca and Haley. But also, you have Cammie and Davina. Would you like to touch upon them? Yeah. Um, so, in originals, there were essentially factions. You had your werewolf faction, your um, your vampire faction. Then you had your witch's faction and your human faction. So, in a sense, Cammie... Um, represented the human faction. Her family had some uh, deep ties into the New Orleans. There's some some activity that happened in her past with her. Was it her twin brother or was it just her brother? Oh, I want to say twin. I want to say I, twin I'm brother, twin. but yeah. I want to say brother. I want to say twin. Yeah, today. I want to say twin brother yeah. too. Yeah, and and so I think what had happened is she came back to New Orleans after leaving after that traumatic event. Um, and gets herself deep involved with all of the factions. And then you've got Davina, who is a super-duper powerful witch. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, I believe, was not accepted by the witch faction. Correct me if I'm wrong. No. Um, it was something called the Harvest, where the powers of the elder witches that died on the land of the soil would transfer to three witches, young females and they would contain the powers but some reason Davina was the only one that survived it so she gained all the powers so she that's how she became the most powerful witch in New Orleans was because of the harvest that's right and then the witches were against her because they said yo that power is supposed to flow back through our ancestors and all of us are supposed to get that energizing power from it and you're being kind of selfish and holding on to it all over there. Of course, exactly. she didn't want to die because that that's how they flow it through everybody. Yeah. And plus, she was a kid. She was a teenager. She still wanted to love, grow old, like be a kid, be Experience an adult. Experience life. Enjoy and, it. And then it would make the show even more great. There was a character, Josh, who was a human who ended up being turned into a vampire who Marcel turned, accepted. And what made things even more great was Marcel ended up technically... Raising, he rode, was raising Davina, and due to her death and her coming back, like he felt even more hurt about it, kept her more sacred and secret. And Davina and Josh grew this relationship, and Marcel is feeling bad about Josh being turned, keep put him under his wing, kind of sort of, and kept him as like I would say his second in command, but not really. but He's the most closest vampire that he would yeah, low key entrust he was into. His, his right hand man. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a lot of side characters in there as well. Like we already talked about, like Davina, for example. Um, there's the boy Vincent, who also was a witch, who initially was his body was taken over by Finn, their older brother, and there's a whole arc with that. And as then, well as his back arc, just because of why? Because he denounced being a witch, and now he became, and then he reannounced it and became the leader of the witches later on. Exactly. In the so he had his own story arc. Then you had Cammy, who was, became the love interest for Klaus. And if you watch Vampire Diaries, you already know that Klaus has a thing for blondes because he was all up in a um, Caroline. Innocent blondes at that. Exactly. It was something about that. Something about those blonde ones that Klaus just couldn't say no to. And then you have like their long lost sister Freya that popped out of nowhere. Who we she always was thought was a witch. part who we always thought was a part of this curse, which is the reason why we found out about the curse about this originals in season one and call back to what season four why when the curse came back in full effect, I wanna say. Because everybody was trying to protect the baby because of the whole, the firstborn of the family generation. I was going to say, generation. wasn't she supposedly killed because she was just firstborn? She was supposedly, yeah. that's what this, that's what the current, that's what the history yeah, what lore the, was. Yeah, because but, the sisters, um, Klaus and them, uh, mom and her older sister made some type of pact and they had a sacrifice 
the, the older daughter. Born. So the daughter went with the auntie so the rest of the kids could be quote unquote left alone. But of course We always thought that she, she died passed in away process, and died yeah. in process, but only to come to find out she only aged a little bit and became one of the most powerful witches. Because the aunt was using her magic to keep herself, keep herself alive, alive mm-hmm. and keep them both alive. But somehow she stopped the aunt and now she stayed alive. And then she was put in a deep sleep, I thought, wasn't she? Uh, not just her. Uh, she used her magic and I think in season three to put Rebecca, Klaus and Elijah into a deep sleep to help protect Hope. Yeah, and it's like one of those things too, like Freya had to be on her mission to keep them safe unbeknownst to themselves. So when she came back in the scene, she had to explain all this backstory, then everything slowly started to make sense. And um, yeah, so you have the whole Freya side art, which also sets up the spinoff, because all of this, literally, this whole show was about Hope. And Hope is the daughter of Klaus and Haley. And she grows up before our eyes, like literally and figuratively. And then her her auntie Freya taught her the dark arts, all the witchcraft to let her know she comes from like the most powerful witch bloodline. And they also end up sending her off to basically Vampire Diary Originals version mm-hmm. of the X Mansion, the school for gifted youngsters created by Charles Xavier in Mystic Falls, where her and other magical-based kids and teens could learn and grow into who they are in the supernatural aspect of that without being hated and feared by normal society and human beings. And she's a tribrid. Exactly. exactly. She's first of its kind. First, first of, of its Yes, that is true. That is first of its kind. Yeah, it's the only kind because Klaus was the And she was an imbalance to nature, but yet nature still hasn't written itself, which is still hilarious because that's what's all originals was mostly about outside of the fact that one of the great moments is we do find out about how to sever a bloodline of vampires. You gotta kill the original where yes. it began. Not even just gotta kill the original, you gotta at least use magic and then kill the original to break that bond. You have to use a magical artifact let alone it's already hard enough to kill an original. But if you kill that original with said artifact, it kills off every vampire related to that bloodline. A stake from the white oak tree? Yes, yes. exactly. But yet they did figure out that counterspell because Marcellus used that. Uh, yeah, well, that's the one thing about Vampire Diaries universe. For everything, there's a counter and there's a balance. balance. So yes, when is shit is fucked the up, there's a balance to that. Like, so you can live forever. Yes, there are always consequences. For your actions, and they're also countermeasures. So, for every immortal being, there's a way to take them out. For every rule there is, there's a countermeasure. Like werewolves yes. and vampires weren't supposed to be able to procreate. Well, Haley and like uh, and Klaus got together because Klaus was technically a very well, werewolf before because he was the, a the spirits and nature wanted that balance to happen, and they also want to punish Klaus as well. So then we get. Hope being born, and then she becomes a tribrad to create this balance in the mystic world yeah. for whatever reason they needed it to be balanced out. So if you fuck up something in Vampire Diaries, there's going to be a way to unfuck it or fuck it up some more just for later <laughs> on for it to be un-unfucked again. Yeah. And yep. where there's dark, there's light. And if you could be erased, you could be rewritten. And that shit definitely carries on into Legacies which is going to be another episode of this podcast in the future. And with that being said, we just going to get uh, give our final thoughts on the originals as a whole and why we recommend that you guys should definitely check this out. Um so I think if you haven't checked it out already, it is definitely worth the watch. If you really want to get embedded in the stories, I I would recommend Vampire Diaries beforehand even though it kind of takes the world and takes it on its own. It, there's still some backstory that ties into it. And, and I feel like watching Vampire Diaries and Originals and then Legacies, you kind of get really attached to these characters and you kind of know all of their backstories. 
Um, I honestly, it's one of my favorite shows. I still collect them on DVD. I know that's not even a thing anymore today with all the streaming devices and options there are, but... Um, right, but it's always handy to have the hard copies. Hell yeah, because when Cause my internet ain't working, I put a DVD in. <laughs> and if you never know, they might just take them off. So your services. final thoughts on Originals? I recommend it highly. It's one of my favorite shows just because of story, plot, and the theme, and how much the first episode empathizes and foreshadows the whole rest of the season but it makes it so great of a stretch throughout it all as well as if you're not into the YAs of TV shows Pretty Little Liars and all that this breaks away from it even though it started from a YA show and it literally is it's good enough to just be like alright I might check out this y, the YA version of it before and or after because of how great they actually give hope and character build hope into the season and blend in legacies as a foreshadowed show for you to watch for after originals. Word. I gotta say, I, I haven't watched the show, but I hate how much hearing you guys talk about it makes me want to binge all of it. Well, definitely watch Vampire Diaries first. Hell yeah. Yeah. And for me, the main reason I would tell people they should watch it, like, yes, it's very YA, but at the same time, they're not young people. They're in their late 20s, maybe mid-30s, but then again, they're most of they're them vampires. are immortal, so they're <laughs> thousand years super old. Super duper but old. It's, um, myth- the mythology there is there. The world building is great. This character de- The character development is awesome. And when the emotional highs hit, they're dope. And when the emotional lows hit... They're bone crushing. So if you're just like into just well-written characters, melodramatic-ish, you know, yes, it's going to be campy. It's going to be cheesy here and there. It's a CW. But if you could get past that and see it for what it really is, you would definitely enjoy this series. And yeah, and that wraps it up with the geeking out portion. We're just going to bring this episode to the end with the last segment called Yo, Check It Out, when we give our recommendation to things you should check out if you are a fan of originals or you just heard us listen talking about today. I want to check out different things along those lines. With me, I'm just going to start this off with Underworld Rise of the Lycans. Basically because it focuses on vampires and werewolves and how they connect to each other via a strong family dynamic and how over time these family lines and allegiances can shift and evolve into different things because in that movie you know you start off with the back of the day with the original uprising of the lichens then it fast forward to the first underworld movie so for me you should definitely definitely check it out if you haven't checked it out i probably already said it but i'll say it again i definitely would recommend go ahead watching in order vampire diaries originals and then legacies um, if you can binge it all pretty close together, that'd be great. But, um, you know, I haven't watched a show in months and I can still remember some pretty clear details. So um, just the whole universe itself just stands out to me. I would recommend Wolf Blood. It is a YA. It is a foreign TV series, but it's a nice old little show about likings. It's a nice old little YA. It's about a little old boy who's a werewolf who happens to become a part of a family, who finds himself a part of a family of other werewolves. And he's growing up in this society pretending to be a werewolf. This chick who actually hit her puberty of becoming a werewolf, her, uh, she has, ends up being revealed to her and her best friends. They all trying to protect each other. It's a nice old little show. I like it. It amused me. I recommend it. Word. All right, guys. Well, that's that. Um, Once again, Leslie, thank you for being on. Happy to be here. Thank you. We will definitely try to get you on here more frequently in the foreseeable future. And I'm sorry. I forgot to put this in what's popping. But for all you iOS users, our Apple phone people, those that know about the iOS 14 and have a compatible phone that will get iOS 14, the public beta for iOS 14 and watchOS 7 has went live, as well as for Apple TV and the MacBook and the iPad Pro. Word. And with that being said, this is officially 
the end of episode 17 of Yo, Yo Where, Where the, the Caption at. at, the most ridiculously random pop culture podcast in the 719. And as always, I'm yours truly, Kells for Show. You know who I am, Ross to the Cole. And today we're going to leave you with a little song called Interstellar Hopscotch by Prefab Soul. If you listened to last week's episode, we got another track from him. Hopefully you guys have been digging that. And as always, guys, be one or be nothing. Always be kind. Take care. Love each other. Respect.